Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System for Media Reuse at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE-NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function. Do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. The agenda for today's call is as follows. Doug Cluck with the NOAA Climate Office. I know I get that wrong. It's the NOAA Center for Environment. And I still probably have it wrong. Uh, the National, go ahead. <laughs> National, National Centers for Environmental Information. It's where they store all the climate information and data. Thank um, you. I will get it right, I promise. Uh, National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. We have with us today, um, we, we let Kevin Lau go on vacation. So today we have with us um, Matt Wilson and then John Remus in the Missouri Management Division and his staff will provide an update of inflows, reservoir storage and release plans. And with that, I will hand it over to you, Doug. All right. Um, hey, thanks, uh, Corps of Engineers and uh, folks on the phone participants. I'll go through this <clears throat> relatively quickly if I can. And uh, next slide. So, like we usually do, we look back a little bit at temperatures and precipitation across the region, if you will. Uh, this is a little bit more than the Missouri Basin, but primarily the Missouri Basin states are included in this. On the left is an indication uh, graphic uh, looking at temperatures. Over the last three months, last 90 days, really, uh, in terms of uh, temperatures and wherever you see green, um, especially dark green into blue, those are below normal temperatures. So, for the most part, our spring uh, up into this, well, the spring was relatively cool across most of the basin, uh, only slightly cooler than normal, uh, we'll say in the south, really, uh, up to two to four uh, degrees in, in, in North Dakota, a couple of places. Uh, uh, four to six degrees below normal for that three month period, which is uh, pretty chilly. And then uh, on the map on the right is uh, indications of a percent of normal precipitation. So rain, snow, hail, whatever, all added up. And so wherever you see sort of green to purple, uh, blue and purple, uh, those are areas that got excess or above normal precipitation. So you see places like North Dakota getting really slammed um, and even far eastern uh, Montana being above normal, kind of slipping back into, uh, well, the Yellowstone area, actually, uh, uh, with above normal precipitation. Also, the other area of above normal precipitation is eastern uh, Kansas and uh, much of Missouri, for that matter. And, and, and of course, that's only in the lower basin uh, tributaries uh, that flow in there. Uh, the rest of the area, however, wherever you see yellow, <clears throat> Yellow to red 
red being worse. Uh, we, we see percentages of normal precipitation sort of lacking anywhere from uh, 70 to 50, uh, less than even 50% of normal uh, precipitation for that three month period. And this is often where we like to see recovery in the spring, um, recovery uh, to drought and things like that. So conditions where it was dry in the fall and, and even in the winter didn't really have a good uh, recovery period. Um, for, for those areas that are uh, sort of in a, uh, orange and, and, and red and yellow um, areas. And, that, and that's probably uh, indicative of some of the stuff in, going on in Montana, Nebraska, uh, that whole area up into Western South Dakota, um, uh, Colorado, and Western Kansas for that matter. Next slide. <clears throat> Next, uh, the, the last 30 days, kind of looking at a shorter time frame. We see actually warmer than normal conditions in the lower basin and, and below normal conditions still in terms of temperatures uh, in the upper basin. The greens are cool, the yellows and oranges are warmer than normal. Um, on the right, you see the precipitation percent of normal as well. You see kind of scattered areas of green to purple, which is above normal. Again, sort of focusing on much of, uh, not all, but much of North Dakota, Eastern uh, South Dakota, um, again, portions of Montana, kind of the same areas that we, we saw on the 90 day and definitely that area in eastern Kansas, uh, kind of getting slammed over the last uh, few weeks, actually. And then continuing areas of below normal moisture and and actually, as you get further and further into the warm season, actually towards summer, this actually is more consequential because these this is where we usually get some of our biggest rainfall uh, events and, and, and so the month of May into June is usually pretty wet uh, and this is compared to normal. So when we miss out, if we're 50% or less, we're actually missing quite a bit of rainfall in those areas that are red for sure. And then orange is 70% or less. So just take note that there are more, I guess you'd say more dry areas than wet areas in here. So next slide. <clears throat> Um, just a general stream flow uh, picture of, of current conditions, we'll say it that way. And wherever you see green, that's sort of normal-ish in terms of stream flow at the moment. You see places up in uh, Montana that are sort of brownish colored and, well, and other places too that are actually below normal in terms of flows for this time of year, for this, for this really for this day. Where you see uh, the blues and even blacks, that's that's very high. So some of the tributaries in the lower basin, definitely the Kansas River and a few others, uh, James, um, very high at the moment. Um, those lower basin, not the James, but the lower other lower basin uh, rivers, uh, kind of, if you will, flush out quicker than uh, than than some of the longer lasting rivers like the James, which takes months to alleviate some of that flooding. Um, just wanted to show you a general stream flow map in some of the places that are low, like the Republican River Valley, uh, Republican River in, in Nebraska, North Platte River, and uh, some of those up in the upper reaches of uh, the Missouri. Next slide. <clears throat> uh, this is just a, a, a model of uh, soil moisture. Soil moisture is important. We already indicated some of the areas of dryness based on those percentage maps. I'll get to the drought monitor in a minute, but uh, this is areas that uh, have a lower than normal uh, uh, 
amount of water in in the, in the soils, and you know that's to some depth. I don't know, um, uh, two or three feet, uh, basically, and those areas are pretty dry through the high plains and across Nebraska and Iowa, and of course up in uh, Montana as well. Uh, deep moisture in eastern North Dakota and um, portions of eastern Kansas as Again, kind of repeating myself, but it's important to know because there's a lot of memory in the soil moisture system. It takes a lot of, it will take a lot of water. They'll absorb a lot of water in those places that are dry. So uh, just remember that um, for when, when the River Forecast Center and the Corps talk about uh, dryness in the basin. Next slide. So here's the outlook for the next seven days. If you add up all the precipitation that is being forecasted for the next seven days. Um, this is the accumulation of all of it. Okay, so from now until uh, through the 16th or the morning of the 16th, really, um, you see some indications of some precipitation, but uh, really, <clears throat> other than, yep, North Dakota again, and actually portions of Western uh, Montana, uh, we don't see incredible amounts of water uh, no reds or sort of uh, uh, shadings of uh, purple in there, which it actually is a kind of an inch and a half or more, ex except North Dakota and a few high elevations. Uh, this is sort of indicative of a typical summer pattern. There is an indication of some precipitation across the central and southern parts of the basin, and of course, portions of the upper basin, but also some areas of very light precipitation being indicated in there as well. So. This is the time of year where you start getting a lot of evaporation, evapotranspiration, so you'll need a constant sort of flush of, of, of precipitation to keep up with uh, the amount of evaporation and evapotranspiration going on. And uh, this is, does not look like a particularly wet week for most of the basin. Next slide. Um, there's the this is week two, so after after that uh, precipitation indicator, this is the next week after that, so the 16th to the 22nd. Uh, we're seeing, we will see summer emerge in, in a big way, um, even before uh, eight to 14 days. And so sometime during next week, uh, I know temperatures here in Kansas City are gonna uh, go into the mid 90s, and uh, it's gonna feel like summer, all right? It's gonna feel like Missouri, as they say, in summer, um, so the, the uh, map on the left indicates quite a bit of confidence in above normal uh, temperatures, uh, nosing, if you will, up into uh, most of the basin, to be honest with you. And, uh, and on the right is another indication of precipitation showing that uh, week two, uh, there's a slight leaning towards below normal uh, precipitation uh, for the area. Um, what we don't want to see is that, if you will, highest confidence in heat and highest confidence in below normal precipitation edge its way to the north. Not saying it's going to. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that if we start getting a heat dome developing over us, um, uh, that's how you lead to uh, flash drought and other drought issues. So, uh, hot and dry, week two. Next slide. <clears throat> I just threw this in here. Uh, this is also week two, uh, the second week uh, out. And in, 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 in all those lines on there basically sum up to this. Uh, there's there's ex an excessive heat um, potential for almost the, well, for the entire basin. I'll just say it that way. Uh, 
Um, some some areas are stronger than others, like uh, Wyoming, portions of Wyoming and Colorado. Uh, but we have a will definitely be warmer than normal um, during that period. So next slide. So here's the monthly outlook. Now I know this doesn't necessarily jive with everything I just showed you, but this was done on, as it says, May 31st. And really these, the, the folks who did this focused on the first week or so of June when temperatures were below, are below uh, normal. And we did get uh, quite a bit of rainfall in, in, in Kansas and uh, portions of uh, Missouri, as well as some of the uh, upper basin. But for the rest of the, the rest of the month, this will probably balance out. And in the end, when you average everything out, this this may be closer to the truth than what we're going to see over the next week or two in terms of uh, temperatures and precipitation. So below normal temperatures averaged over June is like more likely way to the north, uh, northern part of the basin, actually most of the basin in that case. Those are probabilities. So the strongest probability is, uh, of course, in North Dakota and, and Minnesota. Same with uh, on the right, the uh, potential for above normal precipitation uh, focused on eastern Kansas, uh, lower part of the basin, and most of the upper basin, which we actually may see over the next uh, week or so, uh, continued precipitation into that area in Montana, western Montana. Uh, next slide. <clears throat> So here's the outlook for the three months, the basically the summer months, all right, of of this year. And the image on the left is the uh, sorry temperature outlook. And the darker the color in this case, the darker the color, the higher the probability of above normal temperatures. And so we're seeing uh, what looks to be a pretty strong indication of above normal temperatures to the west, mainly western U.S. Uh, edging into the Missouri Basin for sure, and really, unless you're in North Dakota and uh, far northern areas, um, chances are enhanced for above normal temperatures through that period. So that's over the three whole three month period when you average it all together. Same with precipitation in terms of, well, I shouldn't say same, but in the, when you have above normal temperatures, you often have below normal precipitation, not always, but it, it usually works out that way, especially on a seasonal basis. Um, unfortunately, we see below normal probabilities um, for almost the, almost the entire basin, to be honest, um, during this period. We hope this isn't true. These will be updated a week from today, as a matter of fact. These come out once a month. So these are about a month old or three weeks old. This will be updated uh, next um, next Thursday. Next slide. And there's the drought update from this morning. Um, it says June seventh, but really they don't put it out till uh, June 9th. Uh, there's the drought in the Missouri Basin. You see some spots of red. Those are uh, D three, which is extreme drought. And then a little bit of new D four in an area of north. Uh, sorry of Montana, way up in the hills, mountains there, uh, upper basin, uh, farthest reaches, if you will, of uh, of the basin uh, in the Northwest. That just came in here this this uh, this week, that D4 area, which has missed a lot of systems that have come through. Um, Montana has been slowly improving over the last, uh, well, month or two, um, except for that area, right? And so we also see some dots, if you will, in South Dakota and in Western Kansas, 
where conditions aren't so great either in terms of precipitation. Um, and then the maps on the right are sort of change maps. So what has changed in terms of the drought map that you're seeing on the left? What has changed in terms of categories over the last 12 weeks? That's the, that's the uh, top image. Where you see greens, things have improved. Where you see yellow, uh, drought has gotten worse in those areas. So more or less we've in the last 12 weeks, and really in the, the image below is the last four weeks, we've seen a slow uh, increase in precipitation, thus uh, some of the drought um, getting uh, sort of tamped down, at least for the moment. It won't help to have really high temperatures and no precipitation. I mean, no kidding, right? Over the next two weeks. But uh, so I, I expect these maps to go slowly back the other way in some areas, and you'll see more yellow on this um, and more, you know, more drought coverage and, and worse conditions over the next couple of weeks. Next slide. <clears throat> um, this is the this is this is also an old drought outlook. This will be updated as well next week. Uh, I uh, every, every area you see in brown is not supposed to get much better. And this is, by the way, th this coverage period for the drought outlook is from June first through the end of August. So if you have a long kind of viewpoint, um, that's the best way to look at this. So this is this is really for a three month period. Where is it going to get worse? The yellow areas are indicate areas where they indicate it could get worse, and brown is where things just won't get much better or get worse. Um, it says say persist. It may get worse actually, and green are areas where it could get better. And there's not a lot of green around. And drought forecasting is a tough job. So uh just remember that in three months when we look at this again and say one thing or the other because it'll go one way or the other i'm sure of that next slide um this is just sort of key points or summary we do have a la nina situation hanging around through the summer uh that doesn't necessarily mean a lot in terms of immediate impact what's going on in the pacific is a little more disconnected this time of year so you don't necessarily see um you don't it, it doesn't really help us on the prediction side nearly as much as it does during the winter and, and early spring um the fact that it's la nina or el nino i'm not going to go into what that means but all i'm going to say is la nina is around and it's unusual it's unusually strong for this time of year but its impact is less than um, during cool season um there is some favor favoring heat and drought especially in the central and southern plains um historically from a la nina uh, doesn't mean it has to be there and it also doesn't mean it can't be out and elsewhere but that's just historically the way it's worked soil moisture um is still going to be a player especially in the summer so in other words if you're already wet or really wet uh often those areas stay wet and vice versa dry places kind of get drier um soil moisture does seem to have that regenerative if there is a lot of moisture around it, you can regenerate moisture a lot easier and, and get more precipitation. Uh, okay, so yeah, recent precipitation has helped quite a bit, but it still have a long way to go in a lot of places due to the fact that we've been in drought in some places for uh, about three years. Um, short term heat is going to build in. Summer's coming, as they say. Um, you know, I say winter's coming in Game of Thrones, but in this case, summer's coming. Um, precipitation is going to flip uh, to mostly dry. 
uh, for most of us, uh, you might see some some rain around, but most most of us are going to get um, we're going to dry out over the next uh, week or two. Longer term, above normal temperatures, dry with normal conditions is what's forecasted. And in most areas, they still need, like I said earlier, weekly widespread precipitation to keep up with, if you will, above normal temperatures and uh, not so, so we don't lose ground to drought. I'll leave it at that. I'll just say there's the advertisement for the climate summary and outlook webinar that we'll be doing on June 16th. We do them, we've done them for 10 years, 11 years now. Um, they're every third Thursday of every month. So if you wanna do that, either write to me and I'll send you the link or you can copy that down. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. And we will move. I will move over to Matt. Hey, thanks, Doug. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. On uh, behalf of the National Weather Service, Kevin wanted to thank Corps of Engineers for the invitation to participate on these calls. Uh, we appreciate being able to get our information out there. Uh, next slide. Um, as, uh, this season, uh, late fall is actually uh, delayed for people innovation dates for um, Mountain Snow Peak. They peaked in late April and early May this year, but they still peaked well below their 30-year average. Uh, due to that, uh, we're not seeing too much in the way of snowmelt-related uh, flooding. Uh, elevation snowmelt, however, has been uh, for way the past several days due to some low and average temperature. It's still hanging on. And in many places, the aerial coverage is uh, 90% in the upper zone, which is above 7,500. And they still have about 70% of their snowpack. So that's in a lot of places, that is somewhere between 15 and 17 inches of snow water equivalent still remaining in the snowpack. Peak uh, is usually the week where we see our peak stream flow from snow melts. Um, some streams are by lower elevation peaks the last couple of weeks, and a few streams that are fed only by up elevation might not peak for the next couple of weeks, but this is the, the average midpoint for our, our peak snow, uh, snow melt stream flows. Um, as far as flooding goes, a few streams have uh, danced around that the Gatton River, the Big Hole River, and the Stillwater River. So far this year, we haven't any flooding due to snowmelt. However, over the next five days, as warmer temperature move into the area, and we have some heavy precipitation that Doug showed uh, in that western Montana area, we have issued some flood forecasts for uh, western Montana along the Gallatin River at Logan and Galway, the Big Hole River, Mel Road, and the Missouri River, Austin. Uh, and uh, Logan is actually forecast right now to go to 10.50. And I think looking back at some records, that would be just about the the time that's gone above feet since 1996. So 
just an interesting there uh, on forecast. And of course, uh, with any of our forecasts that are uh, rain that are predicted rainfall uh, dependent, if the amount of rainfall changes doesn't materialize in the place that it was forecasted for, these forecasts are uh, subject to change. Until water supply, the June water supply forecast of the national were just issued uh, last day or two. And the latest outlook for runoff for the runoff period of April September case that we will likely have a below normal mountain runoff season this year. And that is again due to the below average uh, snowpack. But uh, we, we saw a wet trend in April. And uh, May has also continued to be wet in North Dakota and parts of eastern South Dakota. And as a result of this, we've had ongoing flooding along the section of James River. Uh, flooding is also flooding is ongoing from Columbia in South Dakota all the way down to uh, Mitchell. And I uh, expect flooding along the James will continue at many of these locations in August, if not a little bit further, depending on uh, precipitation over the summer. Uh, also, uh, as expected, there have been several rounds of uh, rain continued on and off again, uh, causing tributary flooding in the lower basin uh, in eastern Kansas and uh, western and central Missouri. and uh, this is kind of typical for this time of year. We get convective storms that move through and uh, dump localized uh, high levels of precipitation and in some of our uh, smaller streams end up getting some of the flooding for that's uh, intermittent. Uh, so in early May, we had flooding that occurred along the Missouri River uh, um, Jefferson City down to Herman, and then towards Memorial Day, uh, we had a round of flow along the Missouri River that caused flooding fully in Missouri all the way down to Missouri. And again, this type of flooding is just uh, resulting from thunderstorm activity that's uh, pretty typical for this time of year, and we expect. Uh, expect this type of flooding to continue summer. And so the graphic on this slide just shows the locations and the severity of the uh, flood risk over the next 90 days. Uh, the major flood risk will be along the James River and the uh, intermittent moderate and minor flooding along the uh, Missouri River and its tributary in in Kansas, southern Iowa, and uh, throughout Missouri. Um, but for uh, most of the Missouri, however, uh, the risk for 2022 is greatly diminished due to the uh, ongoing drought shown in some of the slides. And yeah, so, uh, according to the late, the drought model that was released this morning, at least 60% of the basin is in some form of drought. And 
with the one moistures being exceptionally dry in any places can deal with a lot of rain. We really worry about so much in the way of river flooding. And uh, uh, this concludes the announcement service portion of this uh, briefing. And uh, before we are uh, here, hey, Matt. And I will now hand it over to the Missouri River Water Management Division. And I know that John will have some opening remarks before he hands it to Ryan. Thank you, Eileen. And thank you to Matt and to Doug for their insights. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more technical information, more detailed information. I'd like to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that may pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. This includes uh, includes ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and the spring breakup periods. While drought conditions have improved over the much of the basin, the risk of widespread uh, systematic flooding remains relatively low. Widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur. Runoff from these large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the mainstream reservoir. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be given when comparing one event to another. 2022 upper basin runoff is forecasted to be below average. Ryan, Larson, and Mike Swenson will provide more details as, how, as to how this will likely impact operations of the system. But basically, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures through 2022 and probably longer. The conservation measures are reduced flow support to navigation and minimal winter releases. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We try to operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. We will continue to monitor the river conditions and weather forecasts and make operational adjustments to the extent possible. We will also continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. I want to remind everyone that there will not be a flow test from Fort Peck in 2022. The Corps of Engineers remains committed to compliance with the 2018 Biological Opinion, including the Fort Peck flow test. The runoff forecast and the projected pool, element, pool levels that Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. 
This concludes my initial remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Thank you, John. <clears throat> I'm on slide 18. The 2022 calendar year runoff forecast, which is highlighted in red, was slightly increased to 18.3 million acre feet, 71% of average for the upper Missouri River Basin above Southern City, Iowa. If realized, this runoff amount would be between a lower decile and lower quartile runoff, or the 25th driest in the historical record. I'm now on slide 19. The below average runoff forecast for 2022 reflects the observed below average runoff to date, current drier than normal soil moisture in the upper basin, and below average mountain snowpack. As seen on this slide, we saw below average runoff during March and April when we typically see the plain snow melt, and below average runoff in May when we typically start seeing some of the mountain snowpack melt. We are expecting below average runoff during the next two months as we continue to see the mountain snowpack melt. Moving to slide 20. The left graphic depicts the soil moisture change since March 31st. Much above normal precipitation occurred over parts of the upper basin, uh, improving soil moisture conditions in the Dakotas and eastern and southern Montana. Despite soil moisture conditions improving in portions of the basin, drier than normal soil moisture conditions remain over western portions of the basin and Nebraska, as shown in the graphic on the right. I'm now on slide 21. As more stations in the upper Missouri River Basin Monitoring Network come online, we can start using the data to improve various products, such as the model soil moisture that was shown on the previous slide. The graphic on the right depicts the four-day accumulated precipitation over the basin. The graphic on the left highlights one of the stations near Haver, Montana, which received 1.8 inches of rain over the, that four-day period. Moving to slide 22. The graphic on the left highlights the 1.8 inches of precipitation that fell during the 48 period, and the graphic on the right shows the soil moisture response. Note the rapid increase in soil moisture at a depth of 2 inches and a gradual increase at a depth of 4 inches. Despite the increases at shallow depths, deeper depths show no response to the rain event which underscores how drought conditions can persist over parts of the basin despite several rain events occurring. I am now on slide 23. The mountain snowpack peaked above Fort Peck on April 29th at 85% of the normal peak and between Fort Peck and Garrison on May 3rd at 92% of the normal peak. As of June 7th, 44% of the annual peak remains above Fort Peck and 53% remains above Garrison. In summary, the 2022 calendar year runoff forecast is 18.3 million acre feet, or 71% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases average 20,400 CFS in May. Releases are currently at 19,500 CFS and will likely remain at that rate for several more days. Releases will be adjusted as needed to meet the downstream targets. Next slide. Slide 23 shows that the system storage is currently at 49.2 million acre feet, 6.9 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. System storage has increased about 1 million acre feet since the end of April. 
With respect to the monthly simulations or monthly studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months. We also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. Next slide. On slide 24 here, we see that Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 12.1. 7.2 and 10.4 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is likely near its peak at the current elevation of 2222. Releases are expected to average about 8,500 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1833, about three feet higher than its current elevation. Releases are expected to average about 19,000 CFS this summer. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near 1598, about a foot higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 28,000 CFS this summer. Uh, moving on to slide 25, or excuse me, 27. Uh, which details the master manual system storage checks. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. We are currently providing minimum service flow support based on the March 15th storage check. For the minimum service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 21,000 to 28,000 CFS. Releases will depend on downstream conditions and will be reduced in, in response to downstream flooding. The effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support would be at minimum service after the July 1st storage check, and there would be a shortening of the normal eight-month navigation flow support season of less than two weeks. Next slide. Annual energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.1 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And going on to the next slide, my last slide here is the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Uh, that concludes my remarks. I will turn it back to you, Eileen. Thanks, Mike. Um, uh, did we have somebody from Kansas City District on, and did you have anything to brief today?
If not, we'll allow them to brief by exception or if there's a question. Go ahead and skip that. The next update will be on July 7th. We'll send an invitation out for that the week of the call. And for the media on the call, this is the name of our speakers and their contact information. We'll move into the question and answer portion of the call. We have 55 people on the line at the moment. I want to thank everybody for joining us. I'll field questions in order by state. If you used your computer to dial in, it is possible that you will be what's called double muted. So you may be on mute on your computer, and then if you're also on your phone, you would be muted on your phone as well. So you'll press star six to unmute your phone and then also unmute the webinar. Be sure to state your name and the organization that you represent before asking your question. With only 55 callers, I'll let everyone go uh, as a group. Um, so we'll start just in alphabetical order, as I said, by state. We'll start with the state of Iowa. And again, star six to mute your line. I'll also, um, if you want to submit any questions via chat, I'll also receive questions via chat. State of Kansas. Missouri. Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, any national press, any other uh, callers that have questions are Go ahead and star six to unmute. Uh, there was a question in the chat regarding the PowerPoint presentation slide deck. In the chat, I've pasted a link to the press release that covers much of what was discussed during this call. At the bottom of that press release is um, a link that says slides for June 9 media call. And those, those link to a PDF of the slides from today's call. With that, um, Unless there's any questions, I'll hand it over to John for closing comments. Uh, thank you, Arlene. And again, thank you to everyone who uh, tuned in uh, to the call. I'd also like to again thank Matt Wilson and Doug Clark for their support. Uh, we will be having a call in July. I don't know if we'll have calls uh, later than that, but uh, we will have a call in July. 
I just want to kind of reiterate, even though that we've had an improvement in the basin as far as drought conditions go, we are still uh, in water conservation mode and uh, all indications are we'll be doing that through the winter. So uh, those individuals that uh, uh, operate uh, municipal and industrial intakes in the wintertime just need to be maybe making some plans now uh, to, uh, to operate through the winter because it does look like we'll be in a very similar mode to what we were this last winter. With that, uh, barring any questions, we'll call it a day. All right, thanks, John. And with that, I will conclude today's call. Talk to everybody next month.